Welcome to the Crossing Thin Ice podcast from Actuarial Risk Management. I'm Dave Ingram, and as always, I'm joined by Max Rudolph. Together, we bring risk management insights to help you with your everyday job of crossing the thin ice of your business environment. Today, Max is going to talk to us about an emerging risk, bacterial antimicrobial resistance. Emerging risks are things that are not currently a major problem, but that could be at some time in the future. What if there is a sudden spread of a bacteria with resistance to our existing antibiotics? How would that impact on your insurance company? The hope is that our podcast will engage you in new ways with risk and and think over longer time horizons about a future that may be new to you. We're not experts in everything, but bringing up a topic will add to the toolkit insurers are considering. Bacterial antimicrobial resistance is such a topic, one that is growing in plain sight but does not receive much attention. The medical community has had tools to deal with microorganisms like bacteria and viruses such as antibiotics, antifungals, and antivirals for many years. If you get an infection, it normally is not a big deal. Unfortunately, this has lulled us into a false sense of security. Bacteria and viruses are often confused. A virus can't survive without a host, is smaller, and consists of a protein coat around either DNA or RNA genetic material. COVID-19 is a virus. Coronavirus is typical in that its RNA randomly mutates, periodically making changes that create a new dominant variant. A virus survives longest when it mildly impacts its host, but doesn't kill it, allowing it to spread to other creatures. Bacteria, on the other hand, are larger than viruses and are independent living organisms that use DNA to reproduce. They're very hardy, often specific to an environment like hydrothermal vents deep in the ocean or in your intestine or or gut. Bacteria can help or harm, depending on the circumstances. Mutations occur during replication or exposure to a mutagen, for example, chemicals or radiation. Mutations occur randomly, with successful ones building resistance to drugs that previously defeated them. Harmful microorganisms are called pathogens, and antibiotics were developed following the discovery of penicillin by Alexander Fleming in 1928. These wonder drugs were very successful, but bacteria are catching up by evolving to evade existing drugs. Developing new antibiotics is very challenging, time-consuming, and expensive, often without success. In this game of adjustments, we are standing still and the bacteria continue to evolve. While medicine has had great success, bacteria are battling back and we are starting to lose. It's time to resist this trend with the plan. The implications to our daily lives are material. In the not-so-distant past, a cut or scrape that became infected could be fatal. Rates of survival to adulthood are important metrics even now in some locations without ready access to antibiotics. Increasing antimicrobial resistance make these trends globally important. Much of the strongest resistance is currently found in hospitals. This leads to a growing dilemma. Who wants to have a voluntary procedure that could be deadly? Everything from knee replacements to Botox injections becomes risky. And what mother would allow their child to play football or rugby with such a risk on every field or pitch, knowing that a simple abrasion could be deadly? As this 
podcast is being recorded. The Lancet published a thought-provoking paper on bacterial AMR, uh, February 12th, 2022. The paper notes the regional differences in this global problem. In an area like sub-Saharan Africa, their suggestion is to expand availability of antibiotics. While in South Asia, think a little broader than India to Malaysia, they recommend restricting antibiotics as they are overused. While forms of pneumonia and staph infections were the leading problem bacteria, a recent pathogen commonly found on the battlegrounds of Iraq and Afghanistan, A. baumanii, is causing problems. Permafrost is a likely future topic for, for this podcast, but one concern is that ancient bacteria unknown today could melt out of the frozen tundra and be released back into the environment. Insurers care about AMR for several reasons. It impacts health insurers as claims increase. It impacts life insurers as mortality increases at all ages and longevity decreases. It impacts all institutional investors as a population with shortened lifespan looks at investments in housing and other purchases in, in new ways. Bacterial antimicrobial resistance is a topic that insurers should monitor and encourage research into building new tools to fight these pathogens. Before we move on to part two of today's podcast, we want to tell you about ARM's ERM Advisory Services. Our ERM advisory team, led by Max Rudolph and myself, Dave Ingram, are available to provide a wide range of support to your enterprise risk management program. Here's an example of some of our recent work in the area of ERM training and education. The new Strategies and Risk Solutions for Executive series of newsletters, webcasts, and podcasts that you are listening to right now is our latest offering. A full range of additional ERM topics are also available for presentation in person, live via webcast, or delivered as a recording for your general staff education on ERM, for advancing training for risk management staff, or to provide background on risk management. For example, we have offered a general webinar for board members and executives to provide them with an overview of ERM, as well as a deeper dive into uh, the current risk concerns and risk management practices in the insurance industry. We are now working with several companies to create a bespoke version of these webcasts to allow us to tell their board about ERM with a focus on exactly what they are doing. We're happy to, to discuss your situation and how we might provide you with the help that you need to move forward, drawn from our decades of experience working with insurer ERM programs. Today, Max is going to talk to us about an emerging risk, bacterial, anti bacterial antimicrobial resistance. Emerging risks are things that are not currently a major problem, but that could be at some time in the future. What if there is a sudden spread of a bacteria with resistance to our existing antibiotics? How would that impact on your insurance company? Each year, you should take a critical look at your risk register to see if there are any new risks that need to be added or old risks where the danger of loss has receded or that is now totally under control that should be dropped. Emerging risks, like bacterial antimicrobial resistance, 
need to be considered in that process. Most will not need current attention, but through this process, you may be able to get out ahead of the next new problem. I didn't do my homework for this. I, I didn't practice <laughs> saying that word. Um, so you're going to have to correct me. So this is bacterial antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. Antimicrobial, thank you. Resistance. What in the world made you think of that topic? I mean, I, 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 the name alone would have just chased me away. Well, well, it's interesting because uh, you know there's a lot of topics out there because because I'm involved with with emerging risks. I'm I'm constantly scanning for these types of things. And you know, and Dave, I know you have a, a list of of risks that you're kind of keeping on the back burner as well. But I mean, I walk around with my phone and and I have you know a note that has probably a hundred things on it. Antimicrobial resistance uh, (AMR) is something that's that's been on there for a while, and I'm not an expert in it. There's a, I ran across it in a in a novel just recently uh, where uh, it's called the Mandibles, and it was it was talking more from a financial uh, disaster scenario, but they were interacting with a lot of other risks, and and at the end they kind of just as an aside said. Oh, by the way, you know this person made it through the book, made it through all these all these scary scenarios, um, and was alive until they fell and scraped their knee and it got an infection, a uh, bacterial infection, and they died because the uh, antibiotics that were available, you know, the the bacteria had evolved in a way that the antibiotics were no longer working. It's interesting. A, a lot of these risks. We've talked before about some of the different, you know, everybody has their own marketing name. You know, you have the, the gray rhinos where it's, you know, obvious to some people it's that rhino charging at you that everybody kind of ignores except for, for a couple of contrarians. You have your, your known unknowns looking at the, the Donald Rumsfeld grid of, of uh, two by two knowns and, and unknowns. I look at long COVID as, as something like that. I know that I don't know how that's going to play out. But I know that I'm interested in, in looking at whatever sources I can find to, to learn more about it. You've got your, your unknown knowns, which, which are, are things where I have historical data, but it's not predictive. So climate change is causing a lot of our assumptions to not be predictive anymore. And it's a matter of how do you incorporate that? How do you extrapolate to expand that? You notice what I'm not saying, though, Dave, is I'm not talking about black swans. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to avoid... Black swans are supposedly the unknown unknowns. Well, if it's an unknown unknown, how can I know about it ahead of time? I remember having a discussion one time with someone, and they said, oh, yeah, we, we saw the 2011 earthquake and tsunami in, in Japan, and so that's why we did such and such a thing. But they had done it before the earthquake and tsunami, and, and so my point, I was trying to figure out, well, how does this make sense? And I remember, Dave, you, you pointed right to the, the page in the, in the Taleb book. You know, it's like on page two or three or something like that, where it's, okay, people don't know what it is until it occurs, and then they were all experts all along. And it's, it was, it was uh, intriguing to me uh, to do that. Real quick about antimicrobial resistance. The, the microbes can be bacteria, viruses, fungi, or parasites. There's, there's a number of different things. You know, what the article talked about was strictly bacterial. So it's stuff where, you know, you get a scrape on your knee, you get something on, you know, something that comes in through the skin usually. You know, the one 
you know, you were having trouble with antimicrobial, the one that I have been practicing and looking up even just right before here, there's a, a bacteria and it's a bomanii. It's one that's scaring me right now because it was one I'd never heard of. You know, some of the other ones, you know, staph infections and, and, and things like that, I've, I've at least heard of. But this is one that's been showing up in the, in the military camps and in the military hospitals, that it's, it's something that has evolved in Iraq and Afghanistan just over the last few years and, and is, is causing a lot of problems uh, right now. So it's, it's intriguing to, to look at some of this. You have one of the topics that we may come back to is, is permafrost. Uh, but one of the big risks of permafrost, in addition to that it's it's holding a lot of methane in that is that releases, causes problems with, with climate change, but also that there's a lot of bacteria or viruses that uh, have been uh, frozen in the permafrost for, for many centuries and millennia and maybe millions of years, that, that if those were to defrost and become active again, I mean, bacteria can... can can do that. They can survive being frozen for a long time. That they could pr- create some some bacteria that cause us problems that humans have never seen. You know that it was so old that it's it's from before humans were were in the area where the the permafrost is located. So it's an issue that I think we need to be aware of. It's it's being under underfunded. Twenty years ago, I had an actuarial student who was working for me that his wife was. Uh, a doctor, a pediatrician, and I remember them talking about how you know she was pushing back against the drug reps that were coming in and buying them dinners to get them to to use their antibiotics. You know she was right. You know we've over over prescribed antibiotics for years, and that's part of it. You know the agricultural side uses them too much. A recent article in the Lancet actually said that that all varies by uh, where you are. That if you're in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, you probably should use more antibiotics than you're using now. But if you're over in uh, Malaysia or, or India, kind of in that area, that they're known for, for using too many antibiotics. And that you know, we need to specialize our um, solutions uh, based on region. But we definitely need to be, be looking at funding research in this area because it's going to be a problem. And, and a lot of the things that were developed in the last couple of years around the, the COVID vaccine, some of those things may be, may be helpful here and may just need a, a surge of uh, you know, NSF money or, or money from insurance companies, perhaps, or uh, somewhere else, you know, academic institutions that would, would help get over the hump to create some new antibiotics. Because right now it's just not financially viable for a pharmaceutical company to to be able to go and and develop these because they're they're time intensive to to develop and expensive. Yeah, I, I got the impression. I, I looked at that Lancet article and I got the impression that in in uh, South Asia it was a lot more of a a, a real life problem uh, now. Uh, this resistance and, and resistant uh, microbes are I wouldn't say common, but at least are a lot more common there than they are here. How, how, how fast do you think it, it could raise its head uh, in the U.S.? Well, it's one of those things that with the, the military camps, I mean, those, the, the microbes could, could come back with the, the servicemen. 
could happen very quickly. I worry more about the interaction. You know, we talk about these these higher order ramifications, but tied to to climate change. You know, climate change causes people to move to the cities, to more high density locations where there's likely more poverty and and poorer sanitation than perhaps they had in the in the rural areas. You know, remember cholera is a is a urban disease, not a not a rural disease. All that tied to forced climate immigration uh, is is probably the concern that I have the most right now for the uh, the AMR issues. Each year, you should take a critical look at your risk register to see if there are any new risks that need to be added or old risks where the danger of loss has receded or that is now totally under control that should be dropped. Emerging risks, like bacterial antimicrobial resistance, need to be considered in that process. Most will not need current attention, but through this process, you may be able to get out ahead of the next new problem. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to keep your risk assessments up to date. There's more thin ice ahead that you will need to cross. Talk to you again soon. Bye.